0: Hi, I'm Adrian Maidman and this is I'm Also, the podcast where I talk to people with multiple careers, pursuits and interests. My guest for this episode is Tauranga radio personality Jolene James. In her radio role, Jolene is the co-host of The Breeze Breakfast Show, operations consultant and local news reader. She also works as an MC, a voiceover artist and a funeral celebrant. I'm Also, a podcast from Women Media. Hello, Jolene.
1: Hello, Adrian. It's
0: very exciting to be talking to you. Very
1: exciting to be talking to you too, my former work colleague. Yes, once upon a time you used yes. to write ads that I would voice.
0: Then yes. would say, "Sail on now, <laughs> sail ends tomorrow." But
1: wait, there's more. And wait, there's more. <laughs> and it's our birthday. And you get the present. Yeah, yeah. All those cliches.
0: They haven't changed much. No. The, um... no,
1: they have actually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we are broadcasting, or li- well, not live. We're broadcasting from the what studio? Well, we this call?
1: is the well. It's the MediaWorks studio. On Cameron Road, and um, yes, this is where we do our Breeze Breakfast Show for Tauranga on weekday mornings.
0: I wasn't sure if I should say career, how long you've been here, or um, just.
1: Well, I've been I've been here in Tauranga since 1997. So moved here for work. So gosh, what's that? It's coming up 24 years. I have to think about it every time. Um, Yeah. So before that, got straight into radio from school, and yeah, just. It's a, bit hard to do, it's
0: a bit harder to do it these days, isn't it?
1: Definitely. it's was very lucky. Um, I mean, it's sort of almost, I've hardly ever heard of any other story about how I got in, which was just the local new private radio station ab- actually advertising on air for people to come and be part-time hosts. And they were just saying, we're looking for more, more people to join our on-air team. And I was like, whoa, that sounds like a bit of me. Thinking it was all about playing music and stuff, you know, because in the 80s, Music was amazing and I was all about music and teenager and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go on the radio. Yeah.
0: And it's um, and you've pretty much done every role, haven't you?
1: I have. The only thing I haven't done is I have, I've never been employed as a sales rep or as we call them now, account manager, but as part of, because I've worked in promotions and marketing a lot over the years and so I've inevitably sort of ended up selling campaigns to clients anyway. So yeah, so kind of, I've never been a general manager. Once upon a time, I really wanted to be the boss of everything. Yeah. I decided there's a heck of a lot of stress there. Um, Yep, I got to program a radio station for a year. In fact, when I moved here to Tauranga, I got to program Coastline FM for the first year. So that was, for me at the time, that was the epitome because I got to choose the music, you know, and... Um, got new releases coming from the record companies every week and I'd spin the CDs and you know go oh yeah that's going to be a hit and you're always thinking you're going to pick the big hits you know and things like Robbie Williams first single I think ever came out during that year and yeah some really cool music so that was exciting at that time shaping a radio station myself but it's all changed now and you don't tend to have local people making those decisions but you have very talented people At a national level, making those kind of decisions,
0: centralized, yeah, Yeah. but
1: I think overall it's better. I always say to people, you, if you have these radio stations across twenty three markets, there's no way there's going to be twenty three people. Who are as good as each other at picking music and all that kind of thing. So I do think it's better to have a couple of people that really know their stuff, you know, yeah. that are rolling it out across the country. There's yeah. still a lot
0: involved in being on the radio, though, because mm. people probably presume a lot of people still presume you just talk and then press a button and then you just kind of sit there. Yeah. But there's a lot of other yeah while it's going on.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's you yeah, while it's going on. Yeah, I mean we're talking a lot behind the scenes. Um, you know, we often will have two songs in a row that. Play on the breakfast show because we're quite big on you know having quite a lot of music during the breakfast show because we know a lot of people just like to sort of check out a bit. If you've had you know a frantic morning at home getting ready and then you jump in the car, I did actually had a listener say that to me the other day that she said she loves it because she gets in the car and she's been go 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 and then if she's driving to work, she said you guys are just you just make me feel you know just really calm and chilled and you know so we might play two songs in a row. So you're as a listener, you're hearing that music but in here in the studio we might be recording pre-recording a chat with somebody that we're then going to play back on air um and, and we do that for the benefit of the other person usually because people get nervous you know knowing they're live on the radio or so swear. Yes, yeah, swear you just don't know what people are going to yeah. say or like honestly we might make a mistake ourselves or waffle a bit and so we've by pre-recording that we can then quickly edit some stuff yeah. out um you got to get, get here yeah. early
0: in the sorry you got to get here early in the morning don't yeah, you
1: yeah absolutely yeah I get here sort of around six o'clock um it's which is quite luxurious for a breakfast host Mark who does the show with me gets here an hour earlier um he pushes the buttons and you know panels what we call panels so he's got a little bit more technical stuff to do beforehand um and he likes to be awake earlier and yeah we've just kind of fallen into our grooves and I can sort of get up at five thirty. I live quite close to work so it doesn't take me long to get here um, and I'm fine to just kind of get here at six because we prep so much of our show the day before um, that yeah we do it's not like we don't have to get here like an hour and a half early to suddenly decide what are we going to do today it's all you know, planned and um, thought about the day before, mm. and it's just a matter of rolling it out. Yeah, it's not like morning. just
0: off the, some people just think you're just off the cuff, mm. but it's not always like that. Is it?
1: No, and I've done breakfast shows like that. If I go back twenty years or a little under twenty years, I was doing breakfast here in Tauranga on Coastline FM. Uh, we, which became More FM, we just used to roll into the studio and honestly, sometimes literally 30 seconds before the end of a song, we'd still be thinking, what shall we do at the end of the song? And it's just crazy now to think back because obviously you can't possibly be doing the best job. You can't be delivering the best content for the listeners, you know, talking about the right things, um, having a balance of what you're talking about, you know, just all those things. Um, There's a lot of thought goes into it now. Um, And we have really good coaching um, and it's honestly Ultimately, it's just all about creating the best possible radio station for people to listen to.
0: So what's the biggest change from the early days?
1: Um, I think the whole social media thing and that extra layer. um, I was just talking about it with my husband last night and then with Mark this morning as well, that we have formed amazing relationships with so many local listeners, people that we consider friends. We call them friends of the show. And I'm talking, if I created a list, it would be well over 100. It might be 200 people at least – And I put a lot of that down to being able to connect with them on social media as well. So we have our Facebook page. It means that people can message us and they can comment on posts that we put up. And um, yeah, it, it just means we find out all these extra things about people. They feel they can communicate with us more. Uh, And it just forms this amazing relationship, and it means they can be interacting with the radio station and with us as a show, not just when we're on the radio for those three hours, but, you know, also, like, I'll be at home at nine o'clock at night replying to messages from listeners, and I love it. And so I just think that, that social media layer, and like, you know, we go out and do videos of things that we do, and then we can put them up, and, you know, rather than people just hearing us talk about surprise Carol at work with a Carol, like we did today, we can put the video up on the Facebook page and people can go and watch it. So when mm-hmm. they hear us talk about it on the radio, we'll go, you know, you can go to the Facebook page and watch it. So, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest change. And also social media and the internet has helped us with getting information, to you know, things to be able to talk about on air too. You know, when I first started, we used to have big, um, you know, those huge big folders, uh, what are they called? You know, the big file, file, effect? file Yeah, file effect, it's you file know, effect. Big, so little- big folders with the big clips. And we would have like, you know, quiz questions, for example, you know, trivia questions, or um, you might have a whole big folder about celebrity birthdays or something. And or, and once a week for celebrity gossip, you get the Women's Weekly, you know, or the Woman's Day. So you'd be talking about stuff on air that other people could just read in the magazine anyway. So, yeah, the internet has obviously enabled us. And we can be talking about something on air and we'll suddenly go, oh, is it that? Is it that? And I'll quickly Google while we're talking, you know, and then I can say, oh, no, it's actually... Whatever, well, you know, I mean, obviously that just creates all these amazing extra things that you can do.
0: People people know what you look like now as well, don't they? Yeah,
1: although I still get people saying to me, Oh, I thought you were
0: blonde.
1: Yeah, I go, Oh, okay, that's interesting.
0: You still get that, I know that voice, but I can't.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, because we'll talk about it in a while, I think. But you know, I'm a funeral celebrant, and occasionally at the end of a funeral, somebody will come and say to me, I was thinking I knew your voice, and then I realized who you were. Yeah, so I think because. I'm on a lot of ads as well. So, you know, there might be people that don't listen to The Breeze. They might listen to one of our other stations. But because I've been here for so long, they've probably heard my voice on ads. Yeah. Yeah. Or oh, I was at the
0: movies. You're oh, am I still I at mean, the movies? Well, I haven't been to the movies for no. ages. But I used to, well, when I used to sit there, I'd go,
1: yeah.
0: I asked Jolene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I oh, asked yeah, yeah. Jolene again. Yeah.
1: The very, I've, I've occasionally got to do a TV ad voiceover, which was always quite exciting, yeah. you know, especially when I first got to do that. It's like, oh my goodness, people are going to be hearing me on TV. Yeah, and occasionally I'll get a message from my sister in New Plymouth. She'll go, Have you done the centre city ads? Because I just heard you on the radio here. So, because I do ads for all around the country. So, yeah, that's cool.
0: Yeah. yeah, the joke used to be, you've got a great face for radio. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, the other funny thing about people that don't know what you look like, because obviously not everybody has Facebook. Not everybody goes on the website or the Facebook page to look at our photos. But at Christmas in the Park recently, we had this woman just sort of, suddenly a woman in front of me goes, hello, Jolene. And I went, oh, hello, you know, and just a listener. And then she, she said, and we recorded this to play on air. She said, oh, she said, you, what did she say? She said, you look young, Ah. Uh, which way round was it? I'm trying to think. Whatever it was, she said, oh, you look older than... I, th- I think she said you look older than I thought you were. Or young- no, she said you look younger than I thought you were. And I went, oh, how old did you think I was? And she goes, early 40s, but you look younger than that. And I went, winning. She just gifted, me, gifted me like about 10 years. <laughs> it was great.
0: <laughs> Let's yeah. move on to yes. ce- celebrities. Oh. Because radio... Who's, who's the most... Maybe famous or maybe the person you were so scared about interviewing. Mm. Either, either, options Yeah, there. I don't
1: know. I mean, in terms of most famous, I got to meet David Hasselhoff, but like oh, incredibly yeah. briefly. He was here at the Mount. A lot of people probably remember. He came here for a promo for Fruju.
0: Oh, I remember that. Yeah,
1: and he was um, came in the Baywatch kind of outfit, yeah. and they brought him in on an inflatable rescue boat, you know, and then he jogged up the beach i've never seen so many people at the mount it was just hilarious and we'd got special passes that we could be up on the deck of the surf club and the breakfast show at the time was vinnie and kurt and i was just there i was promotions manager i think then and maybe doing the 10 to 2 show and i was just there to take photos and they were going to do the interview and you know he hugged them and i took photos of them interviewing him and everything and then all of a sudden he just wanted to hug me and so I got this amazing photo of him like with his arms like massively around me and I'm like squishing in beside him on his shoulder and it's just such a cool photo and the twin towers in the background and all this crowd and just one of those and iconic kind of moments that was really cool but I mean honestly we didn't even have a conversation or anything Um, but somebody who I got to have quite a lot to do with in a professional capacity and I still pinch myself about this was Peter Jackson oh, yeah. um and back before he did Lord of the Rings and everything um when I was still in New Plymouth working at radio in New Plymouth Heavenly Creatures the really cool New Zealand film that he did about the what is it Parker Holm murders the teenage girls that murdered the mum um and the actress Melanie Linsky, who's in that, she was from New Plymouth. And she was actually going out with a teenage guy who we had working part time at the radio station. And so and when she did the film, and I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we could do a, previous, a premiere screening of the film? And so I got in touch with like her mum and then arranged it. And then she put me in touch with Peter Jackson, who was the director. And so I rang Peter Jackson and said, you know, we're thinking about doing this screening. You know, would you be happy to come up and everything? And he was like, yeah, great. And just organised this New Plymouth premiere of Heavenly Creatures and him and his partner Fran came up and, yeah, I've got photos of me with Peter Jackson. And it was the days before email, so I've, I haven't i have kept them, I don't think, but I was faxing Peter Jackson, <laughs> sending Peter Jackson faxes. And then right up to the movie, he wasn't entirely sure he would be able to come, but I remember ringing him to say, have, you know, do you know if you're going to be able to come? And he went, yep, yeah, no, we'll definitely make it. And it was like, oh! Yes. And I just had this feeling at that point. I was feeling like he'd done some, you know, a few little films and stuff. The smatter ones. Yeah. And I just, the feebles or whatever, meet the feebles. And I just had this feeling when I was dealing with them and I just kept thinking, I feel like this guy's going to be really big. And I said, this is quite exciting. And sure enough, look how big he became. So, but you know, it was the days before Facebook. So I didn't post any photos online or anything. And I don't even think we recorded anything to play on air, whereas now we'd be like, oh my goodness, you know. Yeah. So that that was, yeah, it was pretty cool. And because I love Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, that's very special. Yeah. So I think he's my fave. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's pretty hard to beat. Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) We had a great chat the other week to Penny Pate from Sole Mio and he's absolutely lovely just on the phone um but you know just you're warm to people some people are just amazing and yeah most people we've talked to a lot of people annie crummer dave dobbin you know all of those kind of people mark hadlow the kiwi actor so many people annabelle white annabelle langbine like so many different actors and musicians and stuff and they're all generally lovely rachel hunter was amazing we had a great chat to her a while ago because she lived here when she was a kid for a while. And Richard O'Brien was stunning, you know, oh, Rocky Horror. I've always
0: wanted them to. Yeah. No,
1: so sure. we talked to him a couple of years ago, found out that his childhood home was really close to where I live. Like you can actually see the house from where I live. And oh. so that was like a really cool um, little thing that we found we had in common. And he was very magical. Um, fascinating. Yeah.
0: Your other your other jobs, yes. interests. Yes. What is it? Funeral. Funeral celebrant. Funeral celebrant. People
1: always say to me, do you do weddings as well? And I say, no, just the funerals. Hmm. Yeah.
0: What made you...
1: Well, my mum passed away four years ago and when I just immediately thought with, oh, actually, I suppose my nana passed away and I spoke at her funeral. So talked about my nana and I thought, you know, that was fine. And it was, you know, I kind of enjoyed it and, you know, (laughs) as much as you can enjoy your nana's funeral. And then when my mum passed away, I said to my dad, I want to do the eulogy. So I wrote the eulogy and did that at the funeral and, you know, and I thought I got through that fine you know and just a few tears at the end and then my uncle passed away a year later and I was sitting with my auntie and my cousin talking about the funeral plans and they were just saying oh so we need somebody to you know be the MC," and then I sort of sat there and I thought and I said well I could do it and they went oh yeah that would be really good you know and I went you yeah, well I could do it I thought I did mum's eulogy that was fine so yeah so <laughs> so I did my uncle's funeral and then The funeral director who was there, I met her there, and then a couple of weeks later a friend of mine rang me and she said, oh, and she sounded really upset. She said, you know lots of people in Tauranga. She said, do you know anybody who does funerals? And I said, oh, who's passed away? And she said, oh, my dad. And I said, well... I did my uncles a few weeks ago, and I said, I'm actually thinking I'd quite like to start doing them. And she said, oh, if you could do dads, that would be amazing because you met him. And so, yeah, when I went to do his funeral, I went to the wrong venue. So I, <laughs> I th- she said it was up at, at the cemetery, up at Pies Par. And so there's the lovely big Legacy Trust, Tauranga oh, yeah, Park, yeah, They're yeah. a beautiful building there on Pies Par Road. So I drove in there and parked and walked in. And this is such a weird coincidence. The woman who had been the funeral director for my uncle's funeral walked out. And she said to me, oh, what are you doing here, Jolene? And I said, well, I've come for da's funeral. And she went, oh, no, that's up the road (laughs) in the cemetery. And then she said to me, are you doing funerals? And I said, well, yeah, I've decided I'd like to. And she said, oh, this is good to know. She said, okay, well, we'll keep you in mind. And from then, I've started doing funerals for Legacy Funerals. Yeah, so I've been doing them for a bit over three years, maybe. Yeah, um, and it, in terms of volume, it comes and goes. Like in October, I did four in October. Um, haven't done any since then, but I'm crossing my fingers I get some more because it's, it's an incredible experience. And um, I love meeting the families, and it's just a very special time to be with people. Um, I think most of the people that they, – they are good at matching celebrants with – families and and people so generally i think often i get (laughs) matched with the ones that say they don't want a sad serious funeral they want something you know they want a bit of humor they want um you know just something very real usually obviously non-religious um yeah and so and often the the families tend to be people around a similar age to me you know so it might be people that have lost a parent although i've done funerals just recently for a couple of women in their 50s which was quite you know um yeah, a bit sobering, you know, when it's people similar age to you. But, yeah, so it's just it's amazing. And just sitting sitting in a house with, you know, maybe a group of siblings or with their memories of, you know, their parent or whatever is, is amazing. And so, yeah, I just love meeting with them and just finding out all this stuff about the person that's passed away, um, you know, and then putting together the service and the eulogy and everything. It's, yeah... Um, it's to your radio experience, uh, yeah, the the writing, the interviewing, because it is you know you're interviewing, you're writing, and then presenting, and it's the combination of things I really enjoy, and it's just it's yes, yeah, such a privilege, and yeah, and there's been I've met some incredible people through it, you know, and I sort of walk away sometimes, and I think oh, I'd really love to be their friend, you know, is it appropriate after a funeral to text them in a few weeks and say hey, you know, <laughs> I haven't done that, but but even if it, it, just to me, it's just if I can. um help that process be easier you know for a family and and just do the absolute best i can in sending that person off um yeah it's um yes yeah, i i love it i really love it um yeah it's
0: very special so you just mm. do it through legacy
1: yeah, I, yeah, legacy funerals. So, yeah, if, any, if anybody's listening and they end up... A bit, I mean, anybody can contact me for a funeral, <laughs> yeah. free plug. Um, I'll, you know, I can do it through any, but generally just legacy funerals are the ones I've formed a relationship with, and, um, yeah, it works really well.
0: It's a bit hard to promote, isn't it? It's a tricky topic. Well,
1: yeah. Face- yeah. You want to do some Facebook I know. ads? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I have seen people do that. But, see, and that's the thing, like I said before, I'm, most celebrants you see promoting themselves do weddings. Yeah. But... Um, Weddings, I don't like the idea of being locked in to a whole lot of, you know, weekends, dates well in advance. And I think there's a completely different situation with weddings. Um, funerals, you know, you can find out about a funeral on a Tuesday, meet with them on Wednesday, do the funeral on Friday. You know, so it's a quick turnaround, but I like that. Mm. Um, yeah, I know
0: some mm. musicians doing weddings and they are booked out months in advance.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, and I like to go away and road trip a bit as much as I can, so I don't like to have things too tied up. And sometimes for work I need to... We worked three Saturdays in a row in November with events and things. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Are you working through but Christmas, New no, Year's?
1: No, I have. I'm pretty sure I've worked out. I have the longest length of time off that I've had since I was on maternity leave for my two babies back in 2000 and 2002. So this will be the longest length of time I've ever had off. So you've which got like is
0: four days off. Four weeks.
1: Four. <laughs> <laughs> Basically a month. I finish on the 18th and I start up again on the 18th. Yeah. So, but normally until a couple of years ago, I'd often still in summer be working doing on-air shows through summer talking about all the local events and and until the last couple of years I was heavily involved in promotions here as well behind the scenes so you know at this time of year I'd normally be organizing beach digs and sand sculptures and going to things like that and yeah so um no it's it's nice. going to be good and that's the thing um need to rejuvenate because we don't get much time you know there aren't many times across the year that we can have leave Mm. especially after this year yeah that's right
0: because yeah weren't you in covid weren't you broadcasting through the tv or something
1: um i was broadcasting from home Yeah, yeah mark and i we separated um and that was because we thought if one of us got covid that would mean that the other one couldn't work as well so we thought the best thing was to separate us so yeah I broadcast from my dining room table every morning for I think 17 shows I think it was so about three and a half weeks and yeah that was challenging and <laughs> and it also meant that I was whereas Mark I think Mark was quite lucky because he came to work and there were a couple of other people at work you know most of our staff worked from home but the the key on air people were here and so Mark got to Socialize with a few people each day, but I was, you know, stuck at home with just the husband and the teenage sons and the dog and the cat. And that got a little bit during that time, I really realized how much I enjoy having contact with other people and how much I need that. Yeah, that was the big learning. I think everybody learned something about themselves, didn't they, out of the COVID lockdown? And that was my thing. I learned that I really thrive on having contact with other Mm. people and connection with other people, like in person. Yeah. I just went
0: to a talk, a guy was telling about how We're all going to be separated and working from home, but so yeah, someone asked about what about the human contact because mm. some people mm. really need that. I
1: oh, know, yeah, oh. and the old Zoom doesn't
0: quite replace it. No, no, yeah. No. Right, I'll move on to yes. I'll plug a product. Oh, yes, this is where you promote you sort of promote promote something you well, I've do. I
1: promoted myself, funeral salary,
0: yeah, or something, or something else coming well, up, an event. Um,
1: well, I could tell you about something very special on The Breeze that I'd love people to listen to, and um, it'll be back again in January. When's this going to go live, do you think? I'm going to
0: try to get this out maybe next week okay. before Christmas. Well, when,
1: when I get back on the 18th of January, um, we'll start. I'll start doing again on the show Soul Food, which I um, really enjoy doing, and that's every morning at 5 to 7, and then I repeat it again or the people that don't get up early at about 20 to 9. Um, yeah, and every morning I just sort of talk about something that I feel people are going through at the moment. You know, I'm going through something that maybe that's happened that's sort of sparked a thought. Um, yeah, and I just share a bit of wisdom, and I really, really enjoy doing that, and I've had lots of people saying they're finding it really inspiring and getting lots out of it. So, that's um. So yeah, I'd love you to listen to Soul Food on The Breeze. I also put it up on The Breeze, turning a Facebook page, but really want you to listen.
0: Thank yes. you, Jolene.
1: That's all right. Thank you. That was great. Yeah, um, I tend to talk, don't I? Sorry if I that, talk. No, too that's much good. That's things. the idea. Yeah. It'd well, be, it saves be, you talking. It'd be strange
0: <laughs> if you didn't talk. <laughs> if
1: I didn't, the purpose was getting me to talk, wasn't it? Rather than us listening to you. Even have, though it's fine to listen to you.
0: <laughs> have a merry Christmas. Thank
1: you. You too, and merry Christmas to everybody and. I know it's been a really stressful one and um, yeah, hopefully you get some time to chill, relax and um, yeah, we got some great advice this morning actually from uh, Caleb from Mental Health and Addiction Services at the Bay of Plenty District Health Board and I said to him a lot of people can't just can't do nothing. I'm quite good at doing nothing. I'm very good at just oh, relaxing no and chilling. Yeah. But, you know, I've worked over the years with people who just say, I can't do nothing. I just can't do nothing. stresses like, them out. Yeah. So he was, his biggest piece of advice was just to to do it and do it often. Try doing it. And the more people do it, the more comfortable they get. So if you're one of those people, just that's my little bit of wisdom for you right now, just to actually try and do it and keep trying to do it. Don't give up on the idea because it's so important to have a break. Yeah. Focus
0: on doing nothing.
1: Yep. And yeah, Mark cracks jokes with me about meditating and and sitting doing nothing. And it's like, yeah, exactly. That's what it is. (laughs) It's good for you.
0: (laughs) To listen to more episodes, subscribe at Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, or there's plenty of other ones as well.